Welcome to Heart Snuggles. We hope you're enjoying your day today. I brought an old friend from Australia on here. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, listeners. Uh, <laughs> listeners, I think you guys are listening. My name is Ryan. <laughs> um, I'm a yoga and meditation teacher based in Torquay, which is on the surf coast of Victoria. Um, I, first met, I first met Lexi in yoga I think it was at uh, where was it Lex at yoke maybe yeah yeah it was yoke in South Melbourne where I was teaching yoga and um since then I sort of just kept in touch a little here and there and I've sort of followed Lex's journey all around the world she seems like she's got the travel bug which is a good thing <laughs> good bug to have um I'm stoked and honored to be on on talking today so thanks for having me Lex yay tell us about how you ended up in Turkey yeah that's kind of like I think um the nature of things I've always loved the beach and love surfing and love a bit more, you know, vast open space. The city's cool. Like uh, uh, if you're not from Melbourne, I live in Melbourne, Australia. I was living in Melbourne, Australia for a long time. Um, if you've ever visited a big city, uh, sometimes, you know, it's such, it's, the culture is dynamic. There's lots of cool things going on. And um, sometimes it's nice to find, especially when you're working with meditation and um, yoga, it sometimes gets a little too, busy you know so I found that I was more and more seeking a bit more space and Torquay had a big draw card of, of the ocean and um, good surf so sort of found my way down here I also follow people that inspire me and the the guy who opened Yoke you know I've kind of been doing that for my whole life if someone's sort of inspiring me I'll go and hang out with them for a little bit and I think there's real merit in that just sort of hanging out and sort of learning from different people and Chris who Lexi um, where, where we met where he opened Yoke in um, South Melbourne and then he had a studio in Torquay so I was coming down teaching for Chris um, down in Torquay and just hanging out with Chris and um, got to know the community in Torquay and got to know Torquay so it's a beautiful space if you're ever in Australia or if you ever visit Victoria come down and you probably might have heard of the, uh, the Great Ocean Road or the, the 12 Apostles which is like one of the I think it's one of the wonders of the world I'm not too sure it's well, it's so. yeah well that's really close by, so I'm sort of near there. If you're if you're thinking, where is Torquay? Yeah, it's beautiful. I did not spend enough time down there, but when I whenever the borders open up, I'll definitely be back. Mm. And what got you into yoga? What was that journey like? Um, yeah, it's an uh, interesting story. I was uh, always I was a professional runner for many years, so I'd run. Um, that was my career. I, I really wanted to represent my country at a high level, and uh, managed to do that. And um, we, I was, then I started taking on, I got injured as a runner and took off, took up duathlon, which is running and, and riding and triathlon run, swimming, running and riding. And, um, I was racing, um, as a, as a career. So that I was making money through racing and, um, the, I got broke my hip. I was two weeks out from a world championships and broke my hip. And that was kind of like a little sort of, um, it was the it was one of the times if I look if I reflect on my life when if I feel if I ever felt heavy energy or you know some kind of like deep you know seated uh, lull in life there was it was definitely then I went into you know I wouldn't say I, I definitely felt like a little depressed about life and um, one of my friends who are so fortunate to have good friends on my side, she had opened a yoga studio in Richmond and she, I was trying to rehab the injury to come back and compete at a high level. So my goal was focused purely on rehab and, and um, running again and going, going fast again. And 
she said, why don't you come in and do some yoga? And I was like, oh, I was a little intimidated at the start, you know, all these women in hot pants touching their toes. I couldn't even touch my knees, like let alone my toes. My hamstrings were jammed up. So yeah, I started going to go into yoga and just kind of fell in love with yoga. I'd leave yoga and I felt a sense of ease in my body rather than I felt energized and really relaxed. Um, I'd feel energized from training, but I'd feel pretty tired and I'd have to rest a lot. So yoga gave me something that was new and fresh and I, and I liked it. I enjoyed it. So I kept doing yoga and uh, what is it? I, 10 years later, I'm teaching yoga as my full-time profession and I have a little yoga studio in Torquay and it's, it's been great. Yoga has taken me all around the world and I've been fortunate to meet some fantastic people. I met you through yoga. So, you know, we're reconnecting and I think that's a good thing about yoga. It's such a world. Now it is, it's, such, it, it's on the global level. I mean, it has been for many, many, many years, but um, it's the same thing. You know, we're all doing the same thing and, and it's cool to connect with different people around the world on that level. Yeah, I always, no matter where I go, like that was definitely the hub of where I found so many people in Australia was attending different yoga studios and you just find really open-minded people and that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah, if that's a zone you want to hang out in, you're like you definitely can find a crew like that in yoga, which is cool, you know? What are some of your other favorite parts about yoga and the practice itself? Um, yeah, well, as I've sort of transitioned and learned about yoga, I definitely have learned about um, more on, <clears throat> I was always loving the, I was definitely always loving the mindfulness element of yoga. I mean, yoga for me was never really go in and do a workout. I sort of had my athletic endeavors as a workout and yoga was more something that would substitute that or, you know, complement that. Um, so I'd never really go into yoga to do a workout, but I definitely thrive on more of a, a stronger um, practice. I love, you know, the moving my body and, and working into some of the classical postures of yoga, you know, some of the old school postures and, some of the new stuff that's coming through so movement is a big one but mindfulness has always been the sort of forefront of the practice and I guess when you know when you have um you can see uh, you know the more that you're in something the more that you become familiar with the whole the whole picture of, of yoga you know so it's um such a broad brushstroke yoga and has so many different modalities but mindfulness and meditation has been a really nice one to explore um we we're talking about this off off record but you know I've sort of had a few retreats lately that I've sort of tried to post it as a as an opportunity to be mindful in a modern world you know finding mindfulness in in a modern day world which can sometimes be challenging you know it sounds sounds like the most simplest thing in the universe just to be present but to consistently tap into it takes some effort you know it takes a little bit of work so I've enjoyed that that element of the practice um stabilizing my mind and you know moving closer to my own energy and and um, to that degree, moving closer to others and, and noticing how I'm in relationship with the world um, would be mindfulness, really. So I dig that. I like that. Me too. It, technically, yoga is the practice of the mind, I find, when you go into the philosophies and everything. So how are ways that you incorporate mindfulness in, in this modern world? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, when you think, when you... You can do it, for, I mean, you can do it formally. So it's the formal sitting practice of meditation. So finding, you know, a ritual. We all have probably rituals like you might get out of bed in the morning and, and wash your face or, you know, go to the bathroom or then you might have a cup of tea or coffee or water or whatever it is that you do. I guess that's a morning ritual. Um, so doing it as a formal ritual, like if, whether it's every morning or I notice that mindfulness or meditation in a formal practice is useful Um to just create 
structure in the day you know it, it brings a little structure in and it's also a nice training ground to you know bring your body and your mind into the same place but then you've got the um and you could do that for five minutes you could just focus on your breath you could do more of a, a technique you could use technique in your meditation and there's so many different layers of meditation or you could do it on the spot which is just you know i think there's so much potential for that just to sort of pause and just contact the present moment you know so it's like pause interrupt thinking for a moment and just let your mind expand which is a kind of cool way to some teachers would talk to go up you know go to a window and just look out you kind of just look out and you and you're right there for a moment that and the more that you do that you know the more that you can kind of contact what's present um i think the more you can start to notice when your mind goes off and you before you're talking about some of the literature of text you know yoga and and being a lot of it yeah there's a there's definitely a lot we'll sort of um we'll talk about present moment nowness you know um contacting the direct experience and it's it's said and this doesn't have to be your experience but you can kind of check it out it said that when your mind goes off the present moment into whatever it is some kind of self-preoccupation or what's going to happen what should be happening some some kind of judgment about what's what's currently happening when the mind goes off like that, that's sometimes what causes the most tension or tightening in the body or the most suffering in Buddhism. I like this, the study of Buddhism, they, they would talk to it as suffering, which is a pretty hard word, but I think loosely translated, it's more like disruption. You know, you have lots of disruption when your mind is somewhere different, but when it's here and present and attentive and open, perhaps there's less of that. And the good thing is you can kind of just check that out. Like what, when you're getting squeezed by life, is your mind thinking forward or are you actually just, can you kind of just come back to what's happening now? And um, my dog's like destroying my, um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm chasing a puppy and my puppy just um, loves to chew things. You know how it is. So that's my bonus right there on the spot. You can react or you can allow. <laughs> You're being tested right now. <laughs> Mapping or allowing sometimes you know it's nice to react and, and notice like a, a place of reactivity and how that can be really useful sometimes like if you if something's sort of sort of tugging at your attention if you just, if you just avoid it or or try and like suppress it sometimes that's not useful but you know sometimes it's useful to sort of speak out or, or take action um in a mindful way you know leading with this with a mindful intention in a mindful way. Sometimes we do, we act out mindlessly. You know, we, we say different, we say something that we don't mean or we react and we respond. And, um, you know, let's say we were having a conversation and you were coming up against something and you really wanted to prove your point. And I was like trying to prove my point and I knew that you were coming up against things, you know, for, in a mindful way, I might just listen to you rather than sort of react to you. So rather than my first thought, I might just press back and notice there's a, there's a, there's something bigger than, you know, ego clinging or trying to win or trying to get one up or trying, you know, sometimes you just got to allow, which is hard when your puppy's chewing like one of your favorite things, but it's okay. You want to consult it? Nah, she's okay. okay. It's so it is what it is. Yeah, I agree with that, what you said. And it's, it's really beautiful when you can take yourself out of it and stop taking things personal in a moment of 
disruption or when you're with someone else and just allow them the space to really hear what they're trying, what they're actually trying to say, what's actually bothering them instead of reacting with the same energy. So how mm. else do you, how else do you stay mindful when you're around people maybe that are like really intense energies and maybe bringing you down? Yeah, I think it's always nice to just work with your own energy, you know, like to the degree that you can, like if you notice that you've been hooked by something um, or if you're reacting to something or if you're sort of, you know, judging someone or blaming someone or there's some kind of like, um, like if you're around crew that are doing the same, I think it's useful to work with your own energy rather than trying to, you know, so like if you, if you notice yourself getting like frustrated or if you notice yourself getting down, then use that as an opportunity to move closer to your own energy, check out downness or check out frustration or check out. And to the degree that you notice when you've been hooked, you know, to that degree, you can notice when others have been hooked or when others are feeling frustrated or then when others are judging people, um, if you can feel what judgment feels like and move closer to your own self, then to that degree, you can move closer to someone else. So, you know, in Buddhism, it's very much talking speaks about, you know, in the uh, Mahayana Buddhist practice, they'll talk about, expanding the quality of expanding the energy so you're not doing it for yourself you're doing it more so for others so getting to know what um judgment feels like or, or blaming feels like or anger feels like so that you can be of benefit to others that are judging or blaming or being hooked you know so i don't know it's, it's cool to just if, if you feel that way if you feel like you're being pulled down by something you can do two ways, right? You can sort of move and shift, shift lanes and, you know, go somewhere different, or you can just work with your own energy. You know, the, sometimes those crew are your, the, the best opportunities, you know, the unstable or the um, chaotic or challenging moments are said to be, as you, you know, that's cliche, but it's, it's cliche because it's true. It's said to be the, the best teachers, you know, those challenging moments are the best. The people that frustrate you the most could be your best teacher. You know, it's, it's kind of like um, a bit of a paradox. You want to sort of stay away from those crew. But at the same time, if you work with your own energy, then you can be free perhaps of that which binds you, you know. Um, that's, there's this saying in Buddhism called um, shunyata, which means that things are actually empty of opinion or bias or prejudice. For instance, the one way to describe it is like if there's rain on the roof, um, if you're a gardener and you wake up and you hear rain on the roof, it's like, wow, that's a great day, right? Like your veggies are getting watered and, and nourishment. If you've planned a wedding and you wake up and there's rain on the roof, it's like, what a terrible day, you know, like, but rain is free of opinion. Rain is just rain. It's empty of anything. It's just rain is just experience. Yet when we come up against people that we perhaps, you know, don't like or, um, or push us down or judge us or blame us, um, their action is free of any, it's just their action. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to go along with my opinion about the action or it doesn't have to, it could just be an experience in that. That's in, in nature. That's very, um, you could say freeing, you know, there's free real freedom in that, in the depth of emptiness is freedom, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of people will be like, well, empty, that's kind of like a little bit dull, isn't it? Like, it's not so much dull, like not everything, there's form, but if you could see your, if you're seeing it through the opinion, filter of your own opinion, then it's actually fracturing what's happening, you know? Um, so even though in the past you've 
this person's been bringing you down. This moment is a fresh, brand new moment. And um, yeah, so it's hard. It's, it's, it's a challenging one. It's um, to, if, to, I mean, it's not challenging. You just work with mindfulness in the modern day world and you notice when you've been hooked or you notice when you have gone off or you notice when you're judging or blaming. And I think that's cool. When you notice, that's the, that's the first point of it, right? <clears throat> the noticing. Yeah. They actually, they actually say in Buddhism, there's three, um, it's called the three difficult practices. So the first one is notice when you've gone off. The second is do something different, like change lanes. And the third is keep doing, keep stay in the lane, like change lanes, do something different. It might be come back to what's happening now. Look out at the window, expand your mind, notice your breath, notice how you're judging, practice compassion instead of, you know, and then keep doing that for the rest of your life, you know, rather than just a one-off. Oh, I've done it. I win, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's super important. And and it's okay too, like, if you're just starting this journey of noticing, like, how you're being hooked in and noticing how you're playing in the dynamics of your relationships, like having grace along the way. Like we, even when we are mindful and aware, we still slip into those patterns and just having grace as you're on this human journey that we all are on. For sure. Yeah. This beautiful teacher, um, Pema Chodron, she, she's a really great um, teacher. She'll talk very much about um, compassion, the compassionate practice and bathing, whatever it is that you're bathing things in compassion. Like if you're, if you notice that your mind's gone off or if you notice that you're judging someone rather than there's, there could be like a harshness to it. Oh, I'm judging someone again. Or there could just be, you could bathe judgment in compassion. Ah, there's judgment, that old friend, you know, um, just going to check that out and just let, just, just open wholeheartedly to meet judgment. What's that feel like? You know, what's that, what's that taste like mm. rather than tighten even more and be harsh or judge yourself, you know, or, just notice that that can happen a lot like you said for sure that's so beautiful bathe in compassion i like that term and that concept mm. and we can always use more compassion and i find too like when you meet someone that is frustrated or or even when i my myself it's like when someone brings compassion like it immediately softens me and it reminds me of the present moment it reminds me that i'm not just this angry sensation or the person mm. that is experiencing that yeah, and you said something interesting before. You said one of the things you said was get out of your own way. And it's interesting, you know, like the ego clinging. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like we're all kind of the center of our own universe. Like, you know, the listeners out there will have their lives and they'll go about the rest of the day after listening to this and they won't really remember, you know, everyone else in the world. But, you know, in, a, in the same degree, we have a shared experience. Like, even though we're in the depths of anger or frustration in this moment like there's so many other people that are feeling the same thing around the world even though sometimes it feels like you're the only one that is feeling it but if you can notice that then you're trying to work with your own anger or frustration or judgment so that you can um wish or have the wish perhaps that you perhaps have the wish that others are feeling less of it if you're already feeling it and work with that so that perhaps you can be of use to the world that you know is angry or judging or um you know it, it's an interesting one i like the concept of expanding it out like we're doing this stuff this spiritual practice kind of all this stuff as a means not for a self-help project but to, but to be a better person in the world and be of benefit to the whole world you know yeah you're doing it that's what helps me too is like i'm 
doing this for the collective like although it's internal it's actually healing the collective and the communities because once you do it in you you can help support other people and be like a model of that as well yeah no doubt and so i know you love communities as well so let's talk about what communities mean to you yeah community is an interesting one like if you explore it i mean i think we've all kind of had an, a, a an exploration of community at some point just through um lack of community i've noticed there's a lack of community at the moment um being in lockdown so community as i think um <laughs> i think that you know in terms of when you don't have community because we've been locked up and people have had experience of lockdowns and lacking community i think when you have that you realize how important community is and how nourishing community is you know to be a part of something something that's bigger than yourself um so that's why i really love community because it gives people an opportunity to come into somewhere that's come into a place that's bigger than themselves you know like whether it's part of a bricks and mortar community whether it's part of a local suburb community feeling connected to something that's greater than just them and then it becomes more about the community you know like um you're making decisions based less on just you and more on what's good for community and what's, um, I think in, in that degree, community is really useful and uh, building community. It's the first time I've really, you know, owned a yoga studio. It's been really nourishing to, to build a community and see that people come in and really enjoy meeting other people. And, and you know, you were talking before about meeting people in a yoga space. People um, in communities, uh, you know, are more willing to perhaps open up and, 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 and talk to people. And, and um, through that, you know, when you become familiar with that, the opposite would be if you just, you don't have any community and you're very insulated and which is okay. You know, if you're more insulated, but sometimes to have a shared experience and to sort of notice that there's a bigger sense of self um, can be expanding and, and, and spacious. Um, rather than his sense of contracted self, which can sometimes be overwhelming and crowding. And how have you worked on building your community? How, how what have you done to like attract the community you desire? Yeah, I just kind of just put it out there and just, um, it's like, there's a movie. What, what is it? Like you built the field of dreams, field of dreams, build it and they will come. But it's like, I, I'm really not that great with advertising and selling things. I don't really want to like push that line. Um, to a, de to a degree, it's a business, so you have to, you know, try and, you know, market the business and make people come in, you know, make it look uh, lucrative to come in, you know, people want to come in. But I don't know, I think people are just going to find their way in and word of mouth is a good one, you know, like if people have a good experience in the community, then they're going to invite other people and it's going to be a snowball and it will ripple. And I think that's been really useful, you know, just the word of mouth and having something that's quite nourishing, you know, practice of yoga is pretty nourishing and having great teachers that are in the community um, to teach. You know, it's been also really useful. Um, so people have a good experience and then perhaps they, they, sh they want to share the good experience with their friends. So that's, that's how I felt the business has grown the most through word of mouth, which is kind of cool. And how do you want people to feel when they're in your space? Yeah. Just like the, there's some kind of ease, like it's not, um, that they can relax it's it's not intimidating um it's not there's no judgment we have values in the business so for the four values are um equality so it's like 
we would we, we hope that um and this is a challenging one like if you look at equality in yoga especially like in the last couple of years a lot of stuff has come up about you know who who's practicing yoga these days who can afford to go to a yoga studio because it's pretty expensive when you think about it like it's you could say it's for the um middle class and and up it's not you know some of the studios i teach at in in melbourne you know it's like 30 dollars for a dropping class I, I don't know many people that can afford 30 dollars for one class especially uni students and and whatnot so but then on the other side as a business owner i've noticed how expensive it is to run a studio like with rents with paying teachers and I can understand, you know, the, the cost of running a business like that. But then, you know, it's um, so one of the one of the, the values is equality. You know, hoping that anybody or any any anyone can come in and practice yoga. And if they need yoga and they can't afford it, we have lots of people that are on free passes and things like that. So we try our best. We have that in our in 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 our value set to try our best to always come back to making the practice accessible for people so even you know able bodies you know like it's very much the practice is geared these days towards if i look at some of the yoga studios that i teach in able bodies you know but if i remember i had the fortune of teaching the australian swim team which included the paralympic swim team so teaching like disabled bodies um and it was just a real big eye-opener for me to see how much my practice or my, my teachings are geared in terms of the physical movement is geared towards able bodies. So I think if you if you have it as a value or in the back of your mind, you can always sort of lean back into it and come back to the values. You know, is this going to be accessible to everyone? Is it going to be um, available to everyone? Um, and if it's not, how can I make it better or how can I make it accessible um, but still be able to run a business that's not losing money and make it sustainable. So that's one. And the other one is compassion. So how can we be compassionate and look to compassion in all of the things that guide the business? Um, the other one is kind. So how can we be kind? And um, which sort of runs along with compassion. They're a little different in a way, but, and the third and then the final one is yoga. You know, how can we carry the baton for modern day yoga? And um, yoga has definitely changed a lot to adapt to people um but you know people don't necessarily need to adapt to the yoga for sure but the yoga is definitely adapted to the people you know we're living in a different world that we were living in years and years ago when yoga began um so yeah we, we try and stick to the values as, as best as we can and um i think that helps the biz guide the business a little bit and i learned that from chris you know chris was really great with that we'd have business meetings and we'd always come back to the values when we're making decisions, you know, what's the most compassionate value or what's the most compassionate decision or what's one that would is, is it creates equality. And I think if you can do that, you can marry business and yoga together. That's been my biggest challenge. How can you run a yoga studio and still practice yoga, the, the practice of yoga, you know? Yeah. That's really impactful. You're being really intentional about it and navigating it as it comes because yeah, there's all these unforeseen challenges that come up as an owner and to stay in your integrity is more challenging than to just forget about it, you know? No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you. That's so cool. I can't wait to check out your studio. You're gonna What's come it called? Get down here. Have What's a surf. <laughs> You've been surfing? Yeah, I've been surfing in California. Well, that's good news. I'm learning. It's so fun. And that's yeah. That's a big practice too of like 
the ocean is so powerful and there's so many times where you just you can't fight it <laughs> yeah and learning about mother nature and the ocean and being able to you know when you think about it the ocean teaches you a lot and, and you know a lot of teachers talk about flow these days and the flow state and when you kind of think of it and we we're talking about the mind before um when you when you everything is moving and dynamic and changing like the nature of reality is it's changing you know but and we try and make things solid we try to make things stable with our minds like i want to you know hold on to my youth or i want to make sure that i've got this stable job or i want to make sure that the doors stay open and as we've known in the last couple of years you know things are so unstable and uncertain and they can just change spontaneously and the ocean's good like that you know when you sit in the middle of the ocean there's movement and there's flow and if you can learn to relax in the ocean you know when you're surfing and learn to relax with movement then um that's that becomes the practice you know nothing's really that solid so just to be able to sit in the middle of movement and kind of relax it's a real good metaphor for life you know like if you can sit in the middle of change and movement and be able to relax and be okay with change you know when things shut down when businesses close their doors when when you get a little older or when you you know like all these things that change constantly if you can relax with change and just let it be like that then i think there's that's the practice of yoga you know that's a definitely um that's that would be one of the the main sort of pay payoffs of yoga when you can notice that you can relax a little bit more with things rather than you tighten and you grip and it's like your own personal word war when things change when you don't want them to change that was like yeah one of the most profound things in one of my first yoga classes like holding a heart pose and then just saying just breathe and soften and i'm like what? i didn't realize i could do that in this moment and bringing mm. that off the mat is so impactful because it's definitely easy to tighten these days if you felt that like it's easy to harden and tighten and oh why do they make that decision who's doing that or I don't like this or I like that, you know, and then you can kind of tighten and harden and so true, you know, like that's the practice of meditation, learning to relax, you know, learning to downregulate and relax and let tension come out of the physical body. You know, it's, it's a challenging practice. It's great to practice it and learn that you have control because we often, I used to think that my body controlled me and have awareness that I could change that state of my natural being yeah yeah that's when you go from that small thinking mind to big mind like you you you're able to discern you can change lanes if you need you notice um you know where your your thoughts are leading you and you can kind of get it get off the train of thinking if it's not useful or you notice when the same pattern comes up like a lot of people will have patterns and um unconsciously you know a pattern comes up and if you can notice that and and if you can you know in order to change something you ought to do something different and change the pattern that's a bit more useful like um, I think that's cool. Yeah, for sure. And what's something you learned about yourself during this lockdown? Um, just, I think I've paid more attention to what's really important, you know, like um, I've become a little bit more, I've definitely learned like to, to relax with change because things are being, being so like volatile and, and dynamic. Um, so I've been able to sort of, that's definitely, um, um the nature of impermanence like things change and that's sort of been validated a lot in some of the texts i've read you know reading it is one thing but actually tasting it is another um so i've sort of noticed that and then i've noticed yeah what what, what are the important things in life like friends and family less about like success and fame and you know like that's kind of ego clinging and it's, it's cool to you know have success and 
and feel like you're wanted and needed and important in life. But at the same time, you just have to look in front of you and see that, you know, you've got people that really um, want to support you and want to, you know, your current friends and family. And I think it's cool to pay attention to those people as well, you know, like to really nourish and nurture those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Big awakening for a lot of people and like reframing like yeah what is why am i living what am i what's the purpose of this life i'm doing mm-hmm. and reconnecting to those uh i think humans are always the, the, the best part of life for me for sure as well yeah the why that's an interesting like you say why because i mean if you go pre-covid i got sort of swept up in accumulating and, and working hard and like not really you know i would always be bouncing around studios trying to teach yoga and always always working never really like you know <laughs> yeah I mean it's to a degree I, I'm, I'm just I'm fortunate that I love my work so it's like a sense of it's kind of like I love it you know to meet all these cool people and but yeah, there are crew perhaps in some of the listeners might be might resonate with this you know there, there have been times in my life that I've been just like working 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 trying to accumulate stuff pay a mortgage buy buy a, you know buy whatever you know get more clothes I think COVID has been really nourishing that actually I can walk around the same tracksuit pants three days in a row and wear the same t-shirt, eat pretty basic foods, not need to go out to restaurants all the time, not need to entertain myself with, you know, establishments and places and, and just enjoy the simple way of living. And I think that's been, you know, definitely reverse. You inspired me when you said, you know, why are we living? I think it's, um, is it accumulating things? Um, or is it, you know, you know, living to, like you said, being, you know, is it you actually living life in its, in its full entirety, which has been used, uh, like I get inspired by crew like you that I see traveling around on Instagram. I'm like, you know what, like you're just living your life, you know, you're living your greatest life. And it can be challenging sometimes when you feel like you're stuck, like you have a mortgage or you have family or you feel like you've got a lot of, um, you know, listeners might feel like they have a lot of, um, uh responsibilities and so forth and they don't want to disappoint people in their jobs or disappoint relationships and things like that but i don't know it's like life's so short and 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 when i see crew like you traveling around i think you know there's potential to sort of make life really great you know and and covid's maybe taught us that like if you're in a job that's shitty and like not 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 serving you then there's opportunity to change lanes like life's really really dynamic like that yeah i think it's so important to remember like what makes you happy what brings you joy we so often get so lost in our normal routines and day to day that we forget to even enjoy this life we're living and um it's definitely a top priority of mine as well to connect to joy and to do what feels good and to not always be in a struggle or stress or these other emotions that we tend to kind of live in and it's like why aren't we living in joy and ease and these these nourishing things so yeah yeah for sure because you can choose I mean you can choose to have a life of like freedom and you can choose to have a life of luxury and you know modern day things and you're gonna have to work hard for that but I know some great crew that sort of just like they're okay just like getting around and not having a steady job and not having steady. they know I think that's the thing like nothing's really that steady but we try and make things I've got a secure job a secure house secure relationship secure this secure that and then tomorrow everything could change you know but then there's crew out there that are just like oh you know i'm just gonna like just ride the wave of life which is really inspiring yeah 
amazing. And last question is, what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you? Last um, bit of kindness someone did for me? Last. Um, I'm wearing a jumper that a friend sent me yesterday. I just I received in the mail. There's a couple of jumpers from a friend that, um, that I teach yoga to his girlfriend and himself in Melbourne. He's just a cool dude. And I don't know Jesse too well, but he just said it looks cold in Torquay and, he, and, he's, and he's made some jumpers. Like he's he's got a brand called um, XL or Extra Large. And he just sent me a couple of jumpers. And I was like, you know, when people think about you and, and want to send you something, for me, it's easy to be like, oh, I don't deserve it or I, I need to thank them back or send something back. But I'm getting better at just like receiving kindness and being open, opening my heart to receive rather than I notice when I block it, you know, block the ability to receive. So um, that's been really lovely. So, yes, yeah, someone sent me a jumper and I was like stoked. I was like, thanks so much. I, I, feel, I feel warmth in my heart, not just my body. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Lex? Can I ask that question to you? Uh, today I went to my counselor and after our session she it's at her house and she took me to her garden and she gave me a bunch of her fresh veggies and herbs and it was they were so tasty and so good and she definitely didn't have to do that so that was really lovely that's so nice and I can see a big smile on your face and um you know there's that analogy of the ripple effect like it's like if the if, an, if the butterfly flapping its wings in the Amazon can affect the weather in Europe, then like our, what we what we're, our energy can affect direct, definitely the people that we're in direct experience too, you know, like if we're, and like, if someone does an act of kindness to you, like gives you their veggies or herbs in the garden, then you're walking down the street with a big smile on your face and you look up and you smile at someone that might, you know, that person's probably going to smile. And then they're walking down the street and smiling and someone look up and, you don't know how far your smile has traveled, but that's the cool thing about kindness. It can definitely ripple. Yeah, that's my favorite part. That's why it's my question of the podcast so that people continue it. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. I love it. Well, thank you so much. How can people find you or work with you if they want more? Yeah, thanks Lex. I'm um, on Instagram as Ryan Mannix Yoga. I have a studio called It's All Yoga in Torquay. And yeah, you can connect or um youtube if you want to practice a class ryan mannix just type it in you'll see some classes and yeah thanks for having me on thank you